0: killing First you make a stone of your heart And if you find that your hands are still willing Then you can turn Take
1: welcome to crime talk bk this is joanna Purpich and megan duffy morning sugar how are you good morning megan you had an early start in the radio world today
2: oh i only i got like a 15 minute uh drop in with um Ch- race to the bottom with john which is it was just a lot of fun it was very freestyle
1: what you guys what what was this whole mark zuckerberg thing give me the Quick recap: something oh, you, about his pupils.
2: Oh what well, So we, when I sat down with them, they were, they were just they were discussing whether to delete their Facebook account. And um, I had mentioned, <coughs> excuse me, that I had uh, sort of backed off from my social media press. I, You know, review it once in a while, but hadn't posted a lot. Mm-hmm. But I did uh, watch a little bit of Zuckerberg's testimony this week in front of Congress, and I wanted to know where his pupils had gone.
1: (laughs) Did you see that he has been made into a person on, um, there's some crackling here, it's annoying me. I must venture forward, regardless. Uh, He was, uh, he has like a wax mannequin at Madame Tussauds. He 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 looks like a wax mannequin. Well, people were saying that the wax mannequin was more lifelike than he is. (laughs) Fair, and they were fair taking point. photos from when he was at Congress, and he has kind of like those, like, shark eyes.
2: Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Dead eyes, like shark. Dead eyes. He,
2: it's like, his eyebrows have gone missing. They've, like, up and left him. I don't know what happened, or, I don't know. But. Um, <laughs> he looked waxy. He was perspiring. He was,
1: Maybe he was nervous testifying in front of Congress. Well, it's not his
2: first time. Also, I know. they did, like, you know, the Democrats did liken him to Donald Trump, and he was Quite surprising, that oh statement.
1: <laughs> More money than God. Yeah. Uh, I really, I want to hang out with Mark Zuckerberg. We should invite him onto the show. We should just invite him to be the host of every free radio free <laughs> Brooklyn show.
2: Nah, I don't, i really would rather not.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, I think he would be like kind of like weird and dorky.
2: Only if he's willing to do an AMA.
1: Yeah. Well, I just want to, I'd like to imagine that he's like the most awkward person ever that's what he is. He's just like, "Guys, I want to have friends. I made this for you and I it's like it Facebook." I, I didn't have any friends. <laughs> oh, poor baby. I don't know. Anyway, this is just my like Mark Zuckerberg fantasy of like. You <laughs> mm. <laughs> can like talk to me about Star Trek or something. Weird
2: flex, but okay. <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> Thanks.
2: <laughs> Not I, ju- no judgment. Like, you know, whatever you got, girl. That's fine. <laughs> Zuckerberg's not my weird fantasy.
1: (laughs) Anyway, um, (laughs) so uh, let's see if we have any. Oh, my God. This is kind of a fun announcement. You want to hear it? Yeah. All right. So Radio Free Brooklyn is having a fall music festival. I saw that yesterday. And it is on the 27th, which is that? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. So tomorrow, come out for Radio Free Brooklyn's Fall Music Festival at five PM. Ends at midnight. Uh, which
2: makes me think it might be what today. What's <laughs> today?
1: It's tomorrow. It's like, today is the twenty sixth, everybody. I think so, yeah. Go look at your newspaper. Yeah. Not online, because online does not have it. And uh, let me see. Uh, So tickets are $10 and uh, the venue is Sunnyvale at 1031 Grand Street. And uh, this is actually the first ever fall music festival for Radio Free Brooklyn. Is that in Bushwick? Uh, I'm assuming so. Yeah. It's probably around the corner. And it's going to be seven hours of live music, food, vendors. It's in East Williamsburg. That's again, 1031 Grand Street, Sunnyvale. We're going to have performances from Bad Citizen, Z.R. King, Terminal Fury, King Tyrant, Holy Vulture, and King to Burn. A lot of kings. <laughs> yeah, I guess. A lot of kings. Uh, also, I'll up this event for you. Come in your Halloween costume.
2: Ooh, It'll be
1: spooky. Spooky
2: Halloween.
1: I'm going to a Halloween party tonight where I'm going to be a like forest nymph witch thing, hence my nice green dress. I like it. I'm going like to try to find, like, Those a headpiece. Thank you. Yeah. So you might see a forest nymph frolicking along the music festival kings. I would like to see a of
2: your costume. As I said on, on Race to the Bottom, I live goth, so I don't need a costume.
1: You definitely don't need a costume, but you do need to raise your mic a little bit. Well, I put it down there because I look down when I talk. That's better. It just wasn't quite catching mm. no. you. Um... No, actually I was thinking about you this morning. Oh yeah. So I was just like I need like more like jewelry things. And you have lovely like skull rings and I all have. sorts of. I'm obsessed. Cool stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. I have like a plate. It's I used to have this cute little jewelry box and now I just use a plate.
1: Yeah, you can just see everything and pick it up real quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so I'm buying at the foot of our bed like a uh, trunk. Mhm. Because uh, I have these plastic bins that I used for moving Mm -hmm. and each room has like a Joanna bin Mm -hmm. and it's where I just put my miscellaneous crap and then on Sunday I take everything out of the bin and put it away. (laughs) And this is like (laughs) my organizational style and my um, like beautiful patient partner is just kind of like accepting the bins, trying to hide them behind the couch. I'm like digging them up again and then finally he's like, Joanna. You, like, need <laughs> you need something that's, like, a little bit more contained. Something with a top. Okay. <laughs> just kind of overflows, like, miscellaneous items. Well. Like, there's, like, a wine bottle in there, like, in the bedroom or something. I just, like, have something in my hand, and I walk into another room and put it in the bin. That's,
2: well, I mean, <laughs> it's your
1: style. He's going to have to get used to it. But um, when you're talking about your plight, I'm just like, oh, my God, do I relate? Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. So why don't we start our show with all of this uh, delicious crime and murder from this week? Okay. Uh, I'm going to get my glasses out. You want to start? Yeah, actually, I will start. And I'm going to start with actually a very serious, sad one. But I'm doing it at the top of the show because um, I think it's probably the most important thing we'll talk about. Okay. Which is a uh, 15-year-old teen has gone missing. Mm. And uh this is like heartbreaking for for this kid, I hope he's okay. I'm sure his family is incredibly worried, his friends. 15 is really not very old, you know. I uh, know. And I would say any teenager probably is going to be really freaked out. I was freaked out in New York until like my until I was like 23. I- <laughs> so
2: I mean, you know, you, I remember when I was 15, me and my friends all thought we were the shit and we were the smartest kids on the block and we were renegades. But, I mean, you're not. You're 15, you know? Yeah. hmm
1: And uh, so this specific kid, uh, his name is Brazen Van Horn, which is kind of a badass name, I think. I like it. And um, he is best known for winning essay competitions. Oh, so he's a smarty pants. He's a smarty pants. Uh, He was homeschooled um, at the time that he was awarded the 2016 Sportsmanship Essay Contest. And uh, I'm sure that's really exciting. It sounds like he is um, probably a very talented writer Mm -hmm. and has lots of big ideas. And we want to make sure that he stays safe. And uh, so if you see him, please. Where is he from? I think he lives in Queens. Okay. It actually, oh, Brooklyn. It actually, the article does not give, oh, Brooklyn Heights. Okay. Uh, So he went missing from his home on Dean Street in Brooklyn Heights just after 9 a.m. on Tuesday. Oh, my gosh. So it's been a little while. Morning, too. Yeah. Was he on his way to school? I mean, I guess he would need to be if it was 9 a.m. The article did say at one point he was homeschooled. I'm not sure if he is currently. Okay. Uh, but, uh, just to describe him a little bit and also, yeah, like, please call Crime Stoppers if you see him. Um, if you think that it is safe to confront him, um, you know, you might want to talk to him and ask him if you want some coffee and try to get him home. Do we have a description of him? Yeah. Uh, so he is, uh, at least white passing. Uh, he, uh, has these kind of thick bluish black glasses. Oh, wow. Uh, Burgeoning he has hipster. Well, <laughs> I think he might be a little more on the dorky end of that <laughs> spectrum. He has curly brown hair, three moles on the right side of his face. He was last seen wearing a blue hoodie, black and gray Adidas sneakers, a uh, black Adidas pants and they're blue, blue eyeglasses. Okay. And uh just to remind everybody, Crime Stoppers is one eight hundred five seven seven uh tips. I gotta squint at the screen for one second to make sure I'm reading it correctly. <laughs> yes, okay. that is one eight hundred five seven seven tips. We should just write that on the whiteboard in the studio. Yeah. Um again, this is Braz and Van Horn missing from Brooklyn Heights. If you see um kind of a scared white kid wearing a hoodie. Ask him if he's all right. Reach out! All right. And uh, so up to you. What are um, what you got for us?
2: Let's start with the sex party house. It's, yes, it's a little lighthearted. Okay, so in I didn't I didn't get a chance to print out my notes. I'm gonna have to use my phone. Uh, in late September, the New York Post reports that a landlord in the East Village sued one of his tenants for having wild sex parties.
1: Oh, did you bring this up last week? I feel like I might have seen I this sent before. You,
2: I sent you a link to it right after the show last week. That's going exciting. for next week. <laughs> All right, keep going. Okay, so uh, uh, he's reportedly charging $60 a head to attend his swing and shindigs filled with spankings, group foreplay, and other accoutrements. Um, according to court papers obtained by the Post,
1: now and this is the New York Post. This is the
2: New York Post. Mm-hmm. They did a, they did quite uh, a series of articles on this whole thing. <laughs> the landlord uh, has had requested that the court shut down the parties, which they subsequently did. But it, you know, he didn't really pay attention. I mean, to
1: you're much. already having a sex party where you're charging people sixty dollars. I feel like asking someone to stop it is like not going to do the trick. Yeah, not really. Um,
2: these parties were listed on Eventbrite.com, and here's a description: "Sex this quote, sex is secondary, merely the cherry atop a cake, a fetish play for us and many." Um, uh, so an investigator the landlord sent over to one of these parties told the court he found a bouncer at the door, a rooftop bar, and naked partygoers throughout the house on the first floor. He noted, quote, a naked man who sat on a swing that was being spanked by two women clad in lingerie, unquote.
1: (laughs) I mean, that sounds kind of nice, actually, you know, I could get down with this, but maybe like don't rent the house Uh, or ask for permission. Apparently, it's
2: this gorgeous four story townhouse on East 7th Street in the Eastville. It's like a whole building. Oh, my heart. The other uh floors featured mattresses on the floor with two naked women sitting around on the couch um there were oh sangria was 8 dollars a cup which ick and marijuana cookies were 15 dollars a piece oh my god it's like you know if you're going to have a bar could you at 60 bucks a head you better have a better bar than that
1: yeah you'd think that at that price you could even just do like an open something 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 he's not doing it right
2: um, so the, there was a party that was listed in October entitled "Debauch," um, an event for the sexually liberated with orgasm rooms and a kink box and a pleasure enhancement zone. Which for me is pretty much like,
1: it's, they're all sort of the same. What would a pleasure? What? What is a pleasure enhancement zone? Is it just like a wall of lube or something? I don't know. Girl. <laughs> it could be an
2: amusement park for all I know. I don't understand.
1: Oh my god. Okay, this guy needs some marketing help. Uh, some of the bashes were so
2: busy that the whole building was packed to over capacity, whatever that means. Yeah, that's, I mean...
1: It's like naked sardines. I, it's just,
2: it's, the images are just getting worse. And the music was so loud to shake the walls of the adjoining structures, according to the neighbors. Um, so the, the host of the parties, his name is Abraham Adler. He signed a two-year lease, on the four-story townhouse in April, so he's only been doing this a little while at this particular location. Um, intriguing part of the story is that Mr. Adler leads a double life as a married Orthodox Jew from Clifton, New Jersey, where his pregnant wife and three kids reside. That is so awkward. And I'm getting mind you, I'm getting all of this from the New York Post articles. Uh, a little awkward. Um. So the post called his wife for comment. I'm going to admit her name because she doesn't even want to be associated with this guy anymore. Um, she says she hopes he gets arrested. She wants a divorce. Do you know a good divorce lawyer?
1: <laughs> I saw yeah. that quote. It was so funny. She's like, do you know a good divorce lawyer? I could like use one now. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm he so has- sorry. Yeah, so for all this money
2: he's been making, he hasn't been supporting his family. And she claims that there's evidence that he has multiple girlfriends. So <laughs> last week she got her wish. On October 19th, this fool was arrested by U.S. Marshals and the New Jersey Regional Fugitive Task Force in front of the building on East 7th Street, midday. Was he naked? Please tell me. <laughs> he was not. He was Aww. I don't know. But the neighbors were all out there cheering oh and filming. And there was some rando girlfriend girl of his, friend of his I don't, I don't know if it's quite like a real girlfriend but she was trying to like shade him shield him from the the video cameras and the cops were like lady it's a public sidewalk you need to go <laughs> yeah so it turns out uh, he has uh, warrants in Pennsylvania for a probation violation stemming from a fraud conviction He was convicted in 2017 of misdemeanor theft and receiving stolen property in theft of numerous items from a company called Genesis Diagnostics and received five years probation. This year, prior to this arrest, he was convicted of access device fraud, which is a felony. And I assume that's uh, wire fraud, maybe. Mm hmm for allegedly using Genesis Diagnostics name to obtain credit and make substantial purchases given another 5 years probation to run consecutively so he's on 10 years probation he didn't get a probation violation for the first arrest um so on 1015 after all of that that's when the US marshals applied for an absconder warrant which is basically you failed to report on your probation, and they arrested him outside of his house. And everyone's cheering. Everyone's cheering. Yes, so that's the sex party house oh in the East Village. Um, there, yes, multiple articles on the New York Post with filled with puns, delightful reading. I, Who's
1: the? Uh, do you ha- do you know any of the reporters' names? Who? Um, uh, I wrote them down, but it's not in my
2: article. It's not on my thing, and I apologize to the. Fabulous reporters who did this. Um,
1: we just want to give a shout out to every single person who works at the New York Post. Y'all are pun masters. Oh, pun
2: masters. Um, delay, it makes for delightful Saturday morning readings. So grab a cup of coffee.
1: <laughs> I was trying to defend them to somebody. Like people were, oh, I was getting drinks with a friend and he was being all grumpy about journalism these days. And I'm like, you should check out the Post. And he's like, man, yellow journalism. I'm like, you don't understand. It is yeah, I so mean, worth it.
2: Yes. There are, there are some times and it is considered sort of a rag, but the, the writing is, is delicious.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, that type of writing takes a lot of skill. It
2: takes a lot of skill and, and like planning out in your brain before yeah. you even put it to paper.
1: And then also these articles are getting written in like two hours on the subway, on the way home from a press conference. Yeah. You know, yeah. so head
2: off. On their phone. <laughs> Just <Yeah>. like, <laughs> so that was my one lighthearted i have one, i have another lighthearted small lighthearted piece but you take
1: i'll, I'll do this next one okay. um i'm saving my lighthearted until a little bit later okay um but just to uh give y'all a taster it's about a runaway goose and no i'm not talking about untitled goose game <laughs> what is that oh no you're killing me untitled goose game is this game for switch where the only purpose is is that You are a goose that is terrorizing a suburban neighborhood. And so kind of you can go as your goose character and like honk at this guy and he accidentally drops his car keys getting to his car. So you steal his car keys and run away. And the guy's just chasing you down the street. There's like no purpose. It's just a goose stealing shit from people. I'm old. (laughs) I don't understand. No, it's just fun. I don't know. We want to buy, we've been looking at switches so we can play this game specifically. Yeah. But the switches are like $300. What's a switch? It is uh like, the, do you remember like the original Nintendo where you can play like Duck Hunt? Yeah. So it's like a little thing that lets you play those games. Oh, okay. Got it. And it's like a, it's like a Game Boy almost, like a handheld. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it can go on the TV. I don't get it either, but it's I don't get the switch part. I get the goose game part. Okay. So all the lovely um like parents please buy me switch for Christmas. <laughs> Roxy. <Rock me. laughs> yeah, like if there's any Radio Free Brooklyn uh listeners who work at Nintendo, please ship it to Got it. <laughs> the Radio Free Brooklyn office, Joanna Purpich. All right, uh, so uh, I also checked out the New York Post, and uh, they reported on uh, unsealed documents uh, that uh, are related to uh, Trump's sexual assault accuser, uh, Summer Zervos, mm-hmm. and she says that it uh, corroborates her story. It does to a degree. I don't think that people in the Trump camp are going to take it seriously although
2: then again even if it did fully corroborate it they're not going to take anything seriously it's just deny 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 yeah uh
1: but this is definitely a win for her at least uh so these newly unsealed documents basically confirm that trump was at the hotel on the day that uh a press apprentice contestant summer zervos says that he groped her Mm -hmm. and this is back in 2007 so it's been a little while uh but basically uh she says that he i'm trying to see if this article it doesn't actually describe what exactly he did uh but it's safe to say he probably like pinched her butt or something or grabbed her by something else yeah. he' been bragging about and uh this is when Trump was staying at the Beverly Hills Hotel in two thousand seven. And so Trump has been trying, trying to keep these records under wraps. He's really put up a fight. And uh, so finally, um, I believe a judge has definitively ordered that his schedule be released. Uh And it very much shows, you know, like, and it's like assistance writing. It's like Trump at blah hotel time, blah date. And it's like exactly what this woman has been saying. Right. Good for her. Yeah. And so it's kind of like it doesn't show that he like groped her. I don't even know how you would show that outside of like a security camera. But he can't be like, I didn't know her. I didn't see her. I wasn't there.
2: He can't blanketly deny.
1: Yeah. Right. And uh, so what happened? Like, why are these things being released? So basically, she accused Trump of groping her. Mm hmm. And then uh, Trump, Trump like, went on to Twitter, or something. It's like, oh, fake news! Like shaking his fist at the sky, as he does. So she dings him for defamation. Okay. Now
2: this this all started coming out before the Stormy Daniels thing came out simultaneously. Like, do we know? Because there was there was a, a number.
1: This of- was in 2017. Okay. So after. Yes. Okay. Well, the defamation after- suit was filed in 2017. Okay, so that was she went public with this claim just before the election.
2: Same as Stormy. Yeah, uh, it's sort of. OK, because there's her, Stormy and another woman too that came out and said that he's.
1: Yeah. So there's just kind of him. like a cloud of accusations. Right. OK. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Trump said that was totally made up stuff and fake news. Those are both direct quotes. And so I kind of love it that she's just kind of like, oh, fuck him. And so she files this defamation suit. And that's why these papers are being released. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that that's like a very smart way of going about this because uh, he can't. It's very hard to prove sexual assault. Right. Especially if if it was from 10 years before. yeah, Yeah. You know, and so like. Uh, I think that her purpose is probably getting as much in the public record as she can. Yeah. So doing a defamation suit is great because you still have a discovery process and you have to like turn in your evidence. Yes,
2: you do. Although he'll fight that too. But yeah, there's also but- a pattern of behavior that she could build off of too. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And so like her case, it might be, it might seem very unimportant, but it is uh, giving people more insight into his behavior even 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. That I think might be useful for this upcoming election. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh so kudos to her. I'm glad it's uh balls rolling. I have no doubt that someone who says grab them by the pussy hasn't indeed grabbed a few.
2: I I think there's a long list Yeah. Of of grabbing and then
1: payoffs. So hmm, we'll we'll I mean we'll see. All right. So back to you. Speaking of men. Shitty men. Speaking of shitty badly, men.
2: <laughs> men behaving badly. Uh, it was widely reported this week that Harvey Weinstein showed up at Downtime Bar on the Lower East Side, with- oh! which, OK, quite frankly, it's on Avenue B, so it wouldn't be in the East Village or the Af- Alphabet City. But I digress It's for an event called Actors Hour. Mm -hmm. this is good I'm glad you're doing that yes this is this is unbelievable um while he was there three women confronted him um okay so let's let's the venue is sort of like a speakeasy for uh dedicated artists writers directors actors musicians um it's a secret event you have to be invited to not only perform but to see it right now, um, one of the comedians was on stage when she saw Weinstein sitting in this booth. Um, and she couldn't really, she was sort of stunned at first. And he was, as she says, quote, he's surrounded by a cadre of young women and two bodyguards. He wasn't hiding. He came to watch young artists be vulnerable on stage, which just, I mean, like this whole thing just creeped me out for these women that were there. Um, so one comic went on, uh, her, she's later identified as Kelly Bachman, and s- uh, says at the very beginning, quote, there's an elephant in the room. It's more of a Freddy Krueger, actually. I didn't realize I needed to bring my own mace and rape whistle to actor's hour, unquote. She gets a smattering of booze. From the event organizers and the bartenders.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's, uh, you can see video of her comments and the booing all over the internet. Vulture, Gothamist, New York Post, Daily News, you know, pick your poison. Um, and she says, so Bachman says, I was just sitting there and the more that I sat there waiting for the event organizers to kick him out or for other performers to call him out or for the audience to revolt, the more I found myself paralyzed by the silence. He was sitting there, allowed to laugh and clap and drink and flirt, and no one was saying anything. The more I sat there, the more furious I was at all of our inaction. Right? Yeah. So after all of this, Stuckless and Bachman are kicked out.
1: Yeah, of the so venue. it was like a couple of the woman comedians were on stage and just at the beginning of their set, they're just kind of like, Harvey Weinstein's here. This is not okay. Like every woman in this room is like threatened by his presence. This guy is just a scumbag. Right.
2: And they're both removed from the venue and Harvey yeah. and Harvey gets And as you there. were
1: saying, booed by the bartender, yep. you know, like the event organizers knew he was there. They were sticking up, covering for him. They invited him. Yeah. To an
2: open mic night for women act young women actors and comedians and writers like,
1: so who gross i thought
2: that was a good fucking idea all right so i'm going to go on uh, a girl named amber woman sorry a woman named amber rolo was also in attendance and she wrote on twitter that she saw uh, stuckless who was the one that one of them that got ejected from the venue yell at him and was enraged at how many people in the room seemed okay with him being there. She says, "Um, let me explain one more time. An event that was supposed to support actors and artists invited a serial rapist who has ruined at least 87 actors' lives and supported that monster over an actor in the room. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, Amberolo also confronts him, and calls him a fucking monster and he sh- tells them he should disappear and then she also gets escorted out by Harvey's security team. Um So the actors' hour organiza- organization released a statement claiming that he was not Weinstein was not invited by the organizer or any association anyone associated with the organization. They apologized for his presence. Um, quote, we believe the people who spoke out were brave and justified and we fully encourage freedom of speech. We apologize wholeheartedly for the way the situation was handled.
1: Well, that's a three sixty because their first statement that they released was very much kind of like it's not your business. Like,
2: Yeah. Well, quote, here's the thing though, is uh an editor's note at Gothamist reports that Actors Hours has since deleted that statement.
1: Oh, the bad one? This 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 one. This oh, one I just read. The here. apology. Yeah.
2: And Rolo, specifically in her rants while she before she got kicked out at the club, called out Alexandra Laliberte, who runs Actors Hour, uh, for inviting Harvey Weinstein. And multiple attendees have been assured that he was personally invited by the organizer and had a table reserved, especially for him, at the show and the previous show. Mm-hmm. It was a VIP table, yeah. With his with his name on it. Um,
1: how does he so have influence? I no know. Friend. I think that's the thing that upsets me the most about this story. Is it is so clear that people and he himself still consider him to be uh, an important person who can make things happen, or they're terrified of him? But like, how could? the only reason he would be terrified of someone is because they have power, and I just don't understand how anyone is letting him have any sort of say in anything in regards to the industry.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, the women weren't the only ones that were calling him out. There was a, a, a dude named Andrew, Andrew Silas that went on after these other women were kicked out and tried calling him out on stage two. Um, and no, again, no one... Said anything, Harvey just sat there, stone faced, drinking Fiji water, and um he didn't clap. His people just sort of quietly booed Andrew off the stage, tisked him off stage. Hmm. So uh Harvey's reps made a comment on the to the press. Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear my? Sure, eyes? why
1: not? Can you hear my eyes rolling? Somewhere? Yeah.
2: Harvey Weinstein was out with friends enjoying the music and trying to find some solace in his life that has been turned upside down.
1: I think he did.
2: This scene was uncalled for, downright rude, and an example of how due process today is being squashed by the public trying to take it away in the courtroom, too.
1: I'm sorry, dude. You have like sexually assaulted what was it like 80 women?
2: 85 actors. Now, look. Due process, I understand that. But do you fucking think for one second that is it appropriate for you to show up to a young actor's cabaret that you have to be invited to to get get in? Do you think it's appropriate?
1: Well, I think the thing that really galls me too is it was supposed to be like a women's night specifically. It's women's night specifically. You know, and so... Who the fuck thought this was a good idea? Yeah. It's just gross. It and- just goes
2: to show you that he hasn't learned anything. And the Hollywood Reporter says that he's been hanging around d- in downtown Cipriani trying to pick up an artist who is the niece of the owner of Mr. Cipriani. And he's been saying, like, I'll buy your art if you have dinner with me or I'll do this if you ha- you can borrow my ex-wife's Marchese dresses if you have dinner with me. Or, and she, this woman is like, no, no, dude. Nope.
1: Yeah. Well, also like Harvey Weinstein has been so protected and this is just an example of him continuing to be protected. Yeah. Completely insulated. Uh, but uh, I was listening to Pod Save America and they had Ronan Farrow on who wrote the New Yorker piece about Harvey Weinstein that really cracked it open. I heart Ronan. Yeah. He's so cool. And uh, so in this interview, he said that he went to his editor at NBC and pitched the story and he had these interviews with women lined up. And it wasn't, like, his direct editor, but it was one of, like, the executives, like, of, like, NBC News, which is, like, you have to kill the story, cancel these interviews, we're not running it. Mm -hmm. And so that's when um, he left NBC, which I think is, like, incredibly brave, uh, but also, like...
2: You know what's really brave is the New Yorker getting behind Ronan and publishing all of this.
1: Well, I think that the New Yorker had uh, less to lose. Like from like the NBCXX position, like so uh, like NBC Universal is huge. It's huge and they have done I think it was like like if you go into the end to like 30 Rock like NBC office, uh, they have in the room where you can get your your pass, like, all of these photos of every show they've ever done. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, Seinfeld, you know? And just, uh, like, these, like, huge cultural, like, touchstones. Right. That, I don't know, Harvey Weinstein probably was, like, involved with at some point, or there's some sort of, like, partnership on well, they, something. They bought out his
2: production company.
1: Yeah, there you go. So it's kind of, like... I think that NBC protecting Harvey Weinstein is like an interest. Probably. You know? And it's a shame that it affects the the news department. Well, like, they also
2: have a problem with Matt Lauer at this point. So, uh, which I don't think they actually knew at the time. But, you know, what do I know?
1: But it just is like uh, he is so, it's like insidious like in the industry. You know, like you have these people who are so powerful and there's only a few of them at the top. And uh his reach is so far.
2: Yeah. It's like this, the spider web uh, the spider web of like evil tentacles.
1: hmm Yep. But I was really touched because um like these women when they having- were so willing to share what it was like for them to get up on that stage they and weren't, see him. Yeah.
2: They weren't willing to tolerate
1: it. Yeah. And that makes me proud. Definitely. That's a good one. I'm glad that you. uh... Well,
2: my, I share my, you know, my rage is shared by them and I'm not even uh, an actor trying to get a break, but you know, we've all been subjected at one time or another to men's bad behavior and we've either shut up or didn't say anything or, you know, whatever. And, uh, and we're all, I'm done. We're all done. Yeah. And, also, I don't know if I would have the bravery to say anything in that position as a 20 something year old on stage.
1: Well, and you're worried about your career probably as well, but
2: yeah. 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 So kudos to these ladies.
1: Well, I have a more lighthearted ver- uh, topic Go after ahead. this um, The goose is loose. Another goose this is the goose that I was talking to you about okay uh so all right imagine this scene you're at Central Park walking around mm-hmm. and then you see this I think it's kind of like this older woman uh and she has this like large red coat she is slowly walking behind like a Canadian goose okay they and, but they bite Come over here, actually. Come over okay. here. I'm going to put you on mic, too, so that, you can, okay. so that you can listen, so you can watch this video, because I want to see your okay. reaction. And so she's literally walking around with this coat. I have to start this over so that you can see it. Oh. And she's just kind of, like, teetering about trying to follow this goose. And then she just throws her coat on it. All right, so you can see in the video, it's, like, very scenic. pastoral Central Park. It's, like, this little guy is, like, stretching his stuff, bobbing his head. This woman has, like, scarves He's and, like, in his black business. slacks. What is she doing? Is- she's stalking it. She's trying to catch a goose. Is it injured? Why would you do that? <laughs> she just, like, flops her coat on top of it and then uh, puts her hand on top. And she just, like, walks away without looking at anyone. Is and it- there's... She's...
2: Is either injured or she's looking for an early fucking Christmas dinner. Like, what the hell?
1: (laughs) That's wrong. And it's so amazing because when she, like, flops the coat on top of the goose, you see these people walking past just stop and, like, turn around and everyone has their cell phones out. Again, no one said, what the fuck are you doing, lady? Well, actually, so, like, in this video, I'm not playing it um, for our listeners because it's kind of boring to listen to, but he says, she really just caught a goose. Like in the video, like yeah. you hear the person off camera saying that. Okay, so what happened? All right. Uh, so despite the confusion, this woman actually runs a wildlife rehabilitation uh, center. So And so my, the goose's name. My outrage is
2: misplaced.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's very silly. The goose's name is Calista. Mm-hmm. And she bonded with another goose patient named Alyssa. And so when, they, when the goose is all happy and better, because she was like injured, so they took her to the sanctuary, uh, they released her, but Callista was distraught that her goose friend wasn't there with her. And so she was like honking and kind of like puffing up and being upset. And so the sanctuary woman had to recapture her to take her back to the sanctuary and reunite her with Alyssa, the other goose friend. Oh, uh, okay. Because I guess it's like they just do better in pairs.
2: Well, I mean, if you run run a bird sanctuary, one would think that you would know that.
1: Well, I think that she was just trying to like test to see, but turns out the bond was like a lot more stuck. And so I imagine that um, they're going to need to wait until Alyssa is also well enough to be released. I did not know geese paired that way. It's so funny though. It's like, um, oh, so oh, poor Callista. she had legged she had lead poisoning and that's what they were carrying her of. I wonder where she got that from. Probably the water.
2: She's like licking
1: some pipe in like an old Yeah, the water like in those
2: on those um old ponds. They have yeah. those old pipes that run into them.
1: Um, but uh that's my story of the runaway Central Park Goose. Oh no. Um, no, this is for something different. Okay. Sorry. Back. Back <laughs> uh, there was like one moment where we got confused and thought that maybe that this woman was on the run in place for trying to find her.
2: Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to do my lighthearted one because that Weinstein thing kind
1: of... I know it's a bit of a bummer. We need totally we need some uh some silly some silliness. I'm
2: going to give you some silliness right now. So, uh, this comes from The Brooklyn Daily Eagle. One of, I haven't used it in a while, but they do report on some good stuff. So, uh, the intro, I'm going to read you the intro because it's very good. A lot of strange things have appeared in the toxic waters of the Gowanus Canal over the years. Banjos, cars, and that one fearless swimmer comes to mind. And how can we forget Sludgy the Whale? Uh, But what emerged sometime during the last week may be the strangest of all. A floating statue of President Donald Trump surrounded by faux serpents and seaweed.
1: Oh my God. So someone like carved a statue of Trump out of floating material and threw it in the
2: canal. Okay. Well, they carved him out of something. It depicts him inside a tire with orange gloves and green glowing eyes. His mouth is open in what appears to be a raging fit, perhaps a Perhaps upset by the increasing calls for impeachment or just the fact that he is floating (laughs) along a waterway that has at one time or another contained typhoid, cholera, tuberculosis, and gonorrhea.
1: (laughs) Oh, this statue, I just pulled up a photo. It is horrifying. It is horrifying. Um, We might have to post it to the Radio Free Brooklyn page later just so everyone can see it. I
2: I mean, so it doesn't appear to be anchored but has remained in the general vicinity of the Carroll Street Bridge in case anybody wants to go eyeball it this glorious day. Uh,
1: So apparently the neighbors are just super chill with it being there. Yeah,
2: yeah. So it's been in there since at least Sunday of last weekend and one neighbor, Dennis R., who declined to provide his full name as to not offend some of his more conservative leaning friends said it's an appropriate place to put an effigy of our current president because there's a lot of garbage in there. I don't know if garbage should be maligned that way.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> Spicy.
2: Sassy. I know. Uh, so that's the hero of the day. <laughs>
1: How do you even follow that
2: up i don't know all my brooklyn friends need to go take a picture of it and send it to me on my gmail and i will forward it to radio free
1: brooklyn <sighs> so ash and i were definitely supposed to go buy halloween costumes today and now i think we might just go to the yeah yep yep oh my heart i, I love new york sometimes it is so magical to be from this city it is really Oh my god, did you see? So there's like this um like gorilla artist who makes fake sculptures and plaques of historic events that never happened. Yes, I do. I and so
2: that. the the fairy that got eaten by the kraken was a couple of years yeah, ago. Did you see so that one?
1: They just had one uh in the financial district and it was like in memory of like all the missing children who've been captured by the sewer bear. <laughs> Gone, but not forgotten, I love it,
2: yeah, a couple of years ago he he did a thing at plaque, I think it was on staten island uh the the it was like this fairy that was being eaten by the giant Kraken, and it says in memory of the fairy uh of eighteen forty seven uh all passengers lost, Kraken never found
1: oh, a fairy as in like a boat, not yeah. like a magical fairy' yeah. With wings, yeah, yeah, I saw that one too, That's so good. funny, so good. Maybe he's expanded and is now doing floating Trump statues.
2: (laughs) I don't know. I think his artwork is better than this.
1: Yeah, this one looks very, like, DIY. This is, like, some college kids. Although, I respect it.
2: I respect the floating (laughs) Trump sea
1: monster. Because he's, like, bright orange hands. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. That's Mm -hmm. so good. All right, I have another one that is, like, kind of funny, but also, like, why?
2: Okay, because all I have left is Epstein updates. Um, nothing huge it's more about his uh well, do you
1: want to end on that
2: then and yeah, we can end on just this so important so well, you can tell is your is your Mine's it-
1: fast? I'll tuck it right in when you're
2: done okay uh bleep, bleep, bleep. lots of epstein updates, but nothing like mind blowing however, uh so this piece uh comes from Forbes by Isabel togo. I think that's God, I'm sorry, girl, if I mispronounced your name. Uh, fresh details of Prince Andrew's 12-year friendship with a deceased sex offender, uh, and a lot of this is based on this uh, reporter had reviewed. Um, BBC Channel Four had put out a new documentary on on Andrew's relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, that mm-hmm. um, came out on Monday, uh, and this is and the documentary itself is based on flight logs, Andrew's flight logs, address books schedules and um and it, it cross-referenced against epstein's stuff between 1998 and 2010 now if we all remember epstein was in jail in 2008 to 2009 and andrew swears that he didn't have any contact with him after he was convicted but that mm-hmm. is false uh based on all of the information like that's already out there right so um Private investigators searching Epstein's home show that Epstein had at least 13 different telephone numbers for Andrew. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's kind of seedy. I don't want to read that piece. Uh, an anonymous friend of Epstein. Um. Oh, I had to figure that out. An anonymous friend of Epstein interviewed the, in the documentary who said he stayed with Jeffrey a number of times saw generally young girls in his entourage, adding that they were between around 16 to 20 years old, and a lot of them were foreign. Um, the friend claimed that while he visited Epstein in prison, he received a call from senior UK politician Peter Mendelssohn asking him to connect him with the CEO of J.P. Morgan. Blah, blah. So this documentary, which I'm going to try and see if I can dig up over the weekend, uh, pretty much outlines the relationship with Andrew and Jeffrey, and he's not going to, he can't weasel his way out of it anymore. Yeah. Then, uh, late last month, um, the Parisian police department raided Epstein's Paris apartment and uh, Jean-Luc Brunel's model agency, and that's when Brunel went on the run. Now, he, through his attorneys have claimed he's not on the run, uh, but they had to use this phone to trace him to the Brazilian Riviera, which is also where Glenn Maxwell had been located. Yeah. But they're not on the run. They're just having a vacay. Okay. Right. Uh, so um, three women have given evidence to the French investigators, including a former Dutch model who has told The Guardian how she was invited to Paris in 1991 with the promise that Brunel would make her famous. Yeah. <laughs> My gag reflexes. Um, Brunel, who claims to have launched careers of model- Monica Bellucci, Sharon Stone, Christy Turlington, Jerry Hall. Jerry Hall. Really? Um, she was married to a Rolling Stone. I don't think that was you. And Mila Jovovich has been accused of rape by several models since as early as 1988. So he and Epstein are clearly of like minds. Yeah. Which is disgusting. Um so while he's not on the run in Brazil, he's also been quietly selling off modeling agencies. Um so he sells off this modeling agency in Miami to a different agency. And this is all from the Daily Beast. He's been trying to trace his money. Mhm. And So he sells it off to this other agency called the Identity Models. Uh, but the identity models had originally left his MC2 agency to start their own agency, and it's all a spider web of bullshit and lies, essentially. So, and the identity agency is run by this guy named Matthias Pardo, who's also French born, who says Brunel doesn't have anything to do with this new agency. Um He's not, of course, listed on any documents in Delaware, but they do have a long-standing friendship and relationship still. Yeah. That's really shady.
1: You know, it's kind of interesting because in some ways, I think it's almost good that Jeffrey Epstein died because uh, it really shifted the focus to all of these other people who were propping him up. I agree. He should be held accountable, too.
2: I agree. I, I mean, like... Do I want? Did I want Epstein to face justice? Yes, but I think these guys, these people that are around here are far more culpable.
1: Well, yeah, and it's just kind of. Um, I think that if Jeffrey Epstein's trial had happened, uh, it wouldn't. Like all the news would always be on him and not on these other people.
2: Well, I mean, the prosecutors would have to make deals with these people too. Like, we won't prosecute you for your testimony, or yeah. you know what I mean. Um. Uh. So there's a lot of there there's a lot of uh, money tracing um, with this identity and MC2. There's agencies in Paris, Tel Aviv, Miami. Um, they're trying to figure out uh, who owns it. If Brunel has any like secret ties to it, has he gotten any payments for it other than mm-hmm. like, a, the sale? So they've been digging into that. Uh, Paris has. Um, and. Oh, Brunel claims um, his agencies had lost business over his ties with Epstein.
1: Yeah, well, good for him. For, I mean, good. <laughs>
2: yeah, and and Brunel um, filed a lawsuit in Florida State Court in 2015 against Epstein claiming MC2 was worth millions of dollars, and due to Epstein's illegal actions, it was almost worthless. Mm-hmm. But if it's worthless, why are you selling it? And Epstein gave you a million dollars to start it
1: yeah anyway it's
2: all very shady dealings um, uh, and very convoluted so i i didn't i just sort of uh,
1: kind of brushed over kind of brushed some over of the it points
2: you can get you can get this information at the guardian the daily beast um and the telegraph and i'm and the if you're in the uk which you i don't know um bbc channel 4 has the documentary out which i will probably
1: dig into this week yeah that sounds it sounds interesting yeah uh so just real quick before we go, um, there was like this elderly subway preacher on the two train preaching. He's like seventy-nine years old, so you gotta give the guy a bit of a break. Okay. This woman enraged takes her heel off and whacks him with it. And he actually uh got a pretty gnarly cut and had to get stitches. Well,
2: I mean the preaching does get a little annoying, but I don't think violence is the answer,
1: yeah, it's like okay, don't like attack the old people regardless of like what they're saying, but also, I've definitely had a lot of moments on the subway where, if I was wearing a stiletto, I would have totally just have taken it off and like started trying to kill people
2: <laughs> uh that reminds me of a a time back when my one my brother was working this party at uh the a p t and like three and 3 in the morning there was a a drag queen uh, who had come from her show named Flotilla DeBarge and she stabbed someone on the dance floor in the face because they kept bumping into her.
1: Was it like with her shoe?
2: It was her giant size 12 stiletto shoe. She, you know, got arrested and whatever. So then there was like these free Flotilla t shirts running
1: around. That's
2: amazing. It's an amazing story. Yeah.
1: Well, anyway, we're glad that you're here today for Crime Talk VK. I'm your host, Joanna Perpich. Megan Duffy, please join us next week. Later days.